gentlemen, welcome back to the Being Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, telling you all like I always do, thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing. If you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what we're all about. We're here to help you men live on mission in marriage. And so we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. I hope that you guys have been enjoying this time of quarantine. I hope that you've been using it wisely. Enjoying is probably the wrong word. Uh, Using it wisely, using it to get things done around the house, using it to learn new skills so that you're more valuable at your job or more valuable at your side hustle, whatever you guys have going on. Hope that you've been using it to spend time with your wives. I hope that you've also been using it to read through the book of Proverbs with me. Uh, It's been really good to sit down uh, and get some of this insight that's in this book. Uh, I've read it before, but I'm reading it every day and it's it's paying dividends. And so I hope it's doing the same for you. And in light of that, if you're new to the show or new to where we're at right now, we've been reading through Proverbs, a chapter every day. Uh, And so right now we should be I'm reading ahead, so I'm at like 22, but we should be somewhere in the range of 10 and and 20, I would say, uh, if we've been following along. And so we're going to talk about today something that we we keep seeing the theme of. And so in Proverbs, we see a dichotomy, and we've talked about this before. We see there's wise men and there's foolish men. Okay, and the father and and, and the father's talking to the son about the difference between wise and foolish men. And then there's different proverbs that are listed in there that aren't from the father to the son talking about the difference between wise and foolish men. And we see this dichotomy emerge. There's there's wisdom and there's folly. Okay, now we know from last week that the thing that makes a man wise is not proverbs alone. We know that it is a spiritual renewal that happens that makes a man wise so that he can use a proverb appropriately. And we know that because what does it say in the, the very first proverb that we read? Proverbs 1, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. First things first, you have to have a respectful, reverent, honoring relationship to God. That's rule number one if you want to be wise. So we come today and and I want to talk with you guys about how to work and how to make money the right way. Okay, how to work and make money the right way. Now, a lot of you guys aren't working right now, so I understand that. I have been praying for you. So if you if you need any more prayer, if you've got anything more specific that you want me to pray for for you in regards to this, please send me a DM at underscore Jonathan West. That's at underscore Jonathan West on Instagram. If you do not have an Instagram, I've also got an email, beinghusbandpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to put you on uh, that list and and really take time to intercede on your behalf because I really think that this time is proven to be a, a testing time. It's proven to be a time where we are required to lean on God in ways that we might not have otherwise been doing. And so I just... The reason that we jumped, even the reason why we jumped into Proverbs was because I, I, I got this hunch that 
there was a need for wisdom. There was a need for us to revisit the wisdom literature. And so we're going through Proverbs right now. We'll be going through some of the other ones later on. Um, Having said that, again, I know that you guys, a lot of y'all might not be working right now, but I think that these principles will apply in both making you better when you do return to your job, as well as making you better at any new job you might be jumping into after this situation has has transpired. Um, We're looking at going... It looks like our governor is going to release the economy slowly here in the next two weeks here in Tennessee. Uh, in the next two weeks, looks like May 1st or the first full week in May, we're supposed to all, not all of us, but phasing some of us back into the offices that we're in. And so uh, thinking through that and then reading through some of these proverbs, I got this, uh, the, the, the idea that going over work <clears throat> is something that we needed to do. And so what I want to first get into, uh, the first principle that I've, that I've found is that we are to be disciplined over being motivated, right? It's, it's not enough just to have the emotional attachment to wanting to do well. There has to be consistent showing up. Uh, Proverbs 13, 4 says the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So here's the reality, guys. Each one of us has a sluggard, (laughs) has a sluggard inside of us. Uh, There is a much weaker, much lazier, much more gluttonous drunkard that is persistent in each one of us. And what we call it is the flesh. It's the flesh. It's not to say your skin, right? But it's to say that that part of you that still wrestles with sin, that part of you that still is sinful and and is in need of redemption. And that part of you hates discipline, but it loves emotional highs and fantasies, which is why he eats till kingdom come, which is why he drinks till kingdom come, so on and so forth. That part of you loves to just sit down and dream about the millions of dollars that he will make. That's his favorite thing to do. He just sits and dreams and dreams about, man, if I had a million dollars, like maybe I need to go buy a lotto ticket, whatever the case might be. Um, but he's also resentful. He's jealous of those folks that are around him that are doing well in, in regards to the way he sees well to be, right? It, it, the, however he defines well, if he sees other people doing that and he's not doing that, he's resentful, but still persists in dreaming about how he wants to be that person. And so he hates work. He hates the actual work that goes into developing more income for his family, developing more of a skill set to be more valuable in the place that he's in. And so what does he do? Well, he decides that, you know what, I'm going to start watching TED Talks. I'm going to start watching these motivational speakers that get me hyped up on different ideas. And and I'm just going to engage in this sort of uh, high, this sort of ecstasy that will get me out of my current situation. And he does that. And then he cuts it off. And then when he cuts it off, he goes and decides that, you know what, let's let, let's cut on a movie. You know, we'll, we'll get to that work tomorrow. We'll get to that thing next week. And he eats a whole bag of Doritos and he sits on the couch and then he falls asleep. Don't be him. Don't be him. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, do you see a man who is skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. And he will not stand before obscure men. The takeaway here, gentlemen, 
is that we need to find out those gifts, those talents, and those abilities that God has uniquely gifted us with, and we need to get better at them. We need to develop those, right? I'm, I'm a guy that likes to talk. I'm, I've, I've always been that way. That's what I got in trouble for in school is talking. And so it would be in my best interest to get better at doing that, to get better at persuading people to uh, understand my line of reasoning, to be better at explaining the ideas that I'm referring to. It's in my best interest to do that. Why? Because God has gifted me in that way. And there's likely a, a, a set of value that I can bring to the marketplace or bring to the world that would be able to bring home an income for my family. So I need to develop this. I need to grow this skill. I've also got a skill at reading the word of God and being able to explain it in a way that makes sense to people. I need to exercise that skill. And so what I'm trying to do is develop that through the medium of podcast, through the medium of writing. And over time, I know that I will eventually get what I need. Now, I need to say this. I need to say this. We, in order for you to build this skill, it has to be a day by day thing. I don't do this day by day and I need to, but I don't write day by day. Uh, I am more so now that we're on quarantine. Um, I don't record day by day, but I need to practice. I need to get in the habit of doing this more often so that I can build this skill up and provide more value in the world and then provide more value at home. So what am I saying? I'm saying take some time, think about it, and find out where has God gifted you? What's that thing that you're good at? Maybe for you, it's not speaking. Maybe for you, it's managing money. Maybe you're really good at Excel spreadsheets. Maybe you're really good at organizing events. Maybe you're really creative. You're an artist. You, 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 you play an instrument of some kind, or you've got some kind of ability to design creative uh, logos or some, whatever the thing is. You, you ought to be working on that thing daily, just a little bit. It doesn't have to be, and I'm going to get into this next thing in just a bit, about workaholics. I'm going to address that in just a minute, but it doesn't need to be a workaholic thing. It just needs to be a diligent daily practice like anything else, brushing your teeth, taking walks, exercise, a diligent daily practice, a daily habit. So then that way over time, little by little, you will make yourself more valuable in that area. Second point is that when we get into this mode of working and diligence, we cannot lose sleep over the income that we have or we don't have. Gentlemen, Proverbs 23, 4-5 says, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Toil, the, the word toil there is, is literally grinding teeth, like grinding teeth. Okay? Do not grind your teeth to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Because when your eyes light on it, it is like, I don't know, when your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings and flies like an eagle toward heaven. You can't take none of this with you, boss. You can't take, I don't care how much you've got saved up. I don't care how uh, you've set things up in your will, if you've got one. Whatever the thing is, you cannot take this stuff with you, Okay. Some guy was a deacon in my church that I never seen a uh, a hearse carry a what do you say, a hearse carry a safe. 
something like that. Uh, it, the, the point there is that we can't take any of this stuff with us. None of the wealth that we have, none of the things that we bring out of the marketplace through our skills and our discipline, none of those things we can take with us. Do not grit your teeth or lose sleep over money. You ever met that guy before or, or been that guy that's just so busy working? He's, he's never at home. He's never at church. He's never, never able to have a conversation with you about anything other than his work and how busy he is. This is a huge problem. Right. Being disciplined is a good thing. But being a workaholic is sinful. I'm going to say it again. It's not your personality. Oh, I'm just a workaholic. That's just how I am. No, no, no. That may be true that you have that inclination. It is sin to work yourself to death. It's sin to do that. Right. You hear a lot of these motivational speakers got to grind every day, every day. You got to go hard, go hard, go hard. You know, all this stuff. And like I said, discipline, you want to get in the daily habit of developing and cultivating those skills. But you don't do that all day. Right. You don't do that all day. You want the case in point. God wants us to rest one day out of the week. And he also wants us to sleep during the day. That doesn't mean just because you get the one day of rest during the week doesn't mean you don't sleep the rest of the six days. Right. You get many Sabbaths in between there. Right. Because you have to keep things in balance and in proportion to what's honoring to God. You can't work all the time because you have a wife to lead to be accountable to, to care for, to tend to. You might have kids that you have to tend to. You can't throw yourself into your work and abdicate that God-given responsibility of loving and leading your wife and loving and leading your family. You have that responsibility too. God is not, he is a provider, but he's not just a provider. He's also a comforter. He's also a friend. He's also a counselor. He's a king. He's he's involved in all aspects. Right. And if we're to mimic Jesus Christ again, he doesn't just provide for his bride. He listens to her. He walks with her. He counsels her. He gives her direction. He gives her leadership. He can't do that while he's working to provide. You understand? The proverb is saying that just as soon as that income comes, as soon as it comes and as soon as you have it in your hands, it goes out the door. Why? Because you have to spend it on something. You either have to spend it on something or you have to invest it. And if you invest it, you run the risk of losing it too. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? You can never hold money tight. You can try to do that for a while, but at some juncture, There's going to be some emergency. There's going to be some stock market crash. There's going to be some COVID-19 crisis that's going to happen. And your money is going to be required of you. The point is, money will eventually be, be spent on something. We don't need to act like this check is going to save our souls. We don't need to chase this with such devotion. It's not going to make us whole. 
It's not going to save us from sin. Stop it. We need to just stop it. If we feel ourselves getting to be workaholics, if we feel ourselves negating the responsibilities we have to our wives, if we feel ourselves negating the responsibilities we have to our children, if we feel ourselves negating our responsibilities to be in the word and in the presence of God almighty, we need to stop it. We need to stop it. Psalms 127.2 says, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he, this is God, for God gives his beloved sleep. (laughs) So go to bed, gentlemen. Go to bed for the glory of God and for the sake of the gospel. (laughs) You heard me say that. Go to sleep for the sake of the gospel. Because one thing I need to say, God doesn't get the glory if you are talking about how busy you are and how tired you are. You know who gets the glory? You do. Right? You get the privilege. You get the praise. Oh, man, he's so disciplined. He works so hard. He's such a hard worker. Meanwhile, his wife's over here emotionally detached, crying because she never sees him. Right? Don't be that guy. Go to sleep. Work hard, then go to bed. Work hard, cook your wife some dinner. Work hard, take her on a walk. Work hard, love your kids. Don't just work hard. Third point, and that is to save your money. Save your money. I'm going to go to Proverbs 6 for this one, and we've gone over this before. But I want to read it really quick because we've talked about this on an old podcast. It was an episode we had called Have You Considered the Ant? And it was a podcast about prepping. So we're going to revisit it again today uh, because I think that it's important to the conversation. So we want to work hard with our money, have our money work hard for us, and then we want to save it. Right? We don't want to be so attached to it that we don't put it away for trials that will inevitably come. So Proverbs 6 and 6, it says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Gentlemen, if we don't take time, as I've talked about before, to be disciplined in our work and then to be disciplined to save for when winter comes, we will be found wanting. (laughs) And how many of us learn that lesson? How many of us learn that lesson during during this time? How many of us went to the grocery store looking for ground beef and couldn't find it? Right? Right. How many of us went to the grocery store looking for toilet paper and couldn't find it? Now, this was, again, this was just a small scale. I mean, this, what we were dealing with could have been a lot worse than what it was. But I want to I say something. Had it been worse, would you have been ready? For most of us, probably not. Because we've grown up in a time we've never had to worry about trouble. We've never had to worry about things going wrong. 
But see, the, the wise man, the wise husband knows that God is doing something in the world through suffering. And he, God, will always make provisions for, Jesus will always make provisions for his bride. And he does. But that doesn't negate us doing what we need to do to acquire those provisions. Right? He made provisions for toilet paper two or three weeks before COVID happened and you walked right by him. You and I walked right by him. Because <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't think anything of it. Oh, that's something that's going on in China. Oh, that's something that's going on in Europe. Right? So here's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to wrap this up. We need to ensure, I'm going to go over these three points again. We need to ensure that we are disciplined in our skills and disciplined in our work because that makes us more valuable where we work. We need to ensure that we don't become workaholics to where we serve at the altar of our work or at the altar of the dollar because you can only serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. You can only serve one because you'll hate the other one. Okay, you can only serve one master, one Lord. And the third point is, is that we need to save those provisions that we've gotten. We need to put those away for the day of trouble, whenever that day of trouble comes. And I want to leave you guys with it's a conversation that I had with a guy. And it, it, it really, I was already thinking about doing this episode on work. But this this conversation just really kind of sealed the deal for me. And he and I were talking and we, we got to talking about, you know, being a husband and everything like that. Um, not the podcast, but just the, the actual role. And he kind of it was weird. He, he sarcastically put air quotes around this. He was like, yeah, since I'm the provider and all. He like put that phrase in quotes when we were having this conversation. And I can't remember all the context of the conversation, but that part just really, it got me thinking. And, and I told Lee about it. I said, oh, that's, his, that's his job. That's, that's his role. Scripture says a man, again, this is, for, this is able-bodied, okay? I'm just, let me give that caveat. This able-bodied men, okay? A man that fails to provide for his household is worse than a non-believer, because he has denied the faith. Do you, we've gone over what that means. I want to explain that one more time. He has denied the faith not because Jesus is somehow not taking care of his church. No, no. Jesus is always doing that. What the husband has done, what the man of the house has done, is that he has made God a liar. Because marriage, again, is meant to mirror the relationship Jesus has with his church. So that man, in effect, by not providing for his household or by, by viewing it as something that's not really his job, has, has made a mockery of Jesus to his bride. He's made a mockery of it. He's made it. So that's, that's silly. I mean, it went, went, you know, the church can do for herself. She doesn't need me to do it. It's not the point. That's not the point. We're not having a conversation on what's more practical here, right? Your wife might be more skilled in the workplace than you. My wife is. That might be the case. But you still have this obligation to provide 
for your household, not simply because you are trying to compete. It's not because you're competing. We're not. Your scope is too small if you're thinking that, oh, I need to make more money than my wife. Your scope is too small, boss. You need to you need to let me let me give you some some reality here. And maybe you do eventually get to that place. But let me give you some reality. The reality is, is that what's at stake is not the battle between men and women. It's not a war between men and womanhood. That's exactly where the devil wants you to be. He wants to pit you two against each other. He wants to pit you two uh, going back and forth and bickering about who should who should make what and whose career. You know, he wants you to be against each other. Right. And he's done that since Genesis. It's been his goal the whole time. What is at stake when we take a cavalier approach to our role as husbands and our roles as providers for our household is the illustration on earth as it is in heaven of the gospel. That is what is at stake when we take the approach of, oh, it's not really my job. Yes, yeah, since I'm the provider, quote unquote. No, no, no. That is your job, bro. That is your responsibility. And it just, it, it, it made me mad and then it made me sad because that same guy, I know guys like him. I know guys that are so beat down and feel like they don't really have a purpose in the world and feel like they don't really have a, a place at the table and, and that nothing they do or say really matters and, and they struggle with this purpose thing because I've been there. I know what that's like. To not feel like worth anything, you know, I went through a really rough spot, a really rough depression at one point. And and I use that term kind of loosely. I was never clinically depressed or anything like that. But I went through a time where I struggled with purpose, struggled with identity, struggled with why was I here? And the word of God gives it to us plainly, gentlemen, we are here in our marriages today. To image Jesus. And it doesn't matter what the world thinks about that. The world is trying to get us to think that men are basically not important. And you know what? That is what it is. Here's what the word of God says. The word of God. The word of God says. That is for this reason that a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife to be her covering, to be her provider, to be her protector. This is your purpose. This is why you're here. This is why you work. This is why you save. This is why you don't overwork. It's because you and me are telling the story of Jesus Christ to his church, to the whole world. That's it. And if that doesn't motivate you to get up out of bed in the morning and to get yourself together, <laughs> I don't know what will, boss. I don't know what will. But don't let the world beat you down into thinking that what you're doing is not important or that it's mundane. You are not just the you're not just a man in the relationship and therefore we call you husband. No, husband 
is something that you developed to husband a wife is a skill that is developed to manage resources to be a good steward over god-given gifts like your wife like your land like your house like your money everything that is under your roof is your responsibility it's your dominion and we have to understand that and when we do understand that there is an overwhelming sense of a little bit of weight, <laughs> a little bit of fear, but also this sense of, man, I, I know why I'm here. I know what I'm supposed to do. And I want you to have that. I want you to, I want, I'm going to pray that for you right now. God, I pray right now that every man that is under the sound of my voice that is listening to what you have given me to say. I pray that you would give him the purpose and the, the drive to achieve that purpose, to make your name look great in his marriage, to make his marriage a reflection of the marriage you have with your church, the, the marriage that Jesus has with his church. I pray that over these men today that they would take that charge serious, that they would love it, that they would appreciate it, that they wouldn't see it as a daunting task to be avoided, but an adventure to be lived. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. And it's with that, gentlemen. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode again. I'd also like to thank Octave Studios for our production. And it's with that I say take care. And build on. <laughs>